Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 81 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading the second chapter of Galatians today and our focus is on the downside of being nice and how there should be no separation in the church of Jesus. So we're a daily, roughly 10-minute show where every day we read a chapter of the Bible and we talk about it and we try to get truths for our life out of every chapter. Something interesting happens today in Galatians chapter 2. Cephas slash Peter and Barnabas are done in by peer pressure from a certain group of Jewish Christians who have been taught to disassociate with Gentiles. This leads them to shun a group of Gentile believers contrary to God's calling, and Paul in Galatians chapter 2 calls them out for it. Now, a side note, the fact that Paul calls Peter Cephas in this letter and other places is not a deal at all. Cephas is simply an Aramaic name that means stone, and Peter, or Petros, is a Greek word that means stone. It's not a slight, it's not a controversy, it's just another example of Jewish people of this age having a Greek name and an Aramaic or Hebrew name, exactly like Saul slash Paul. Anyway, both Peter and Barnabas withdraw from Gentile believers, whom they were previously buddy-buddy with, because Jewish believers from the circumcision party came to Antioch, where Paul and Barnabas were, and those Jewish believers still believed in the separation of Jews and Gentiles. Now, Peter already knew that this was not God's will from his experience and direct revelation from God in Acts 10 and 11. But because of peer pressure or fear of the circumcision party, as Paul says, he and Barnabas backed away from these Gentile believers at Antioch and only hung out with the Jewish believers, thus likely reinforcing the ungodly separation in the church. Now listen to Ephesians chapter 2, where Paul, under the inspiration and direction of the Holy Spirit, discusses how the church is to be a united group of Jewish and Gentile believers with no hostility and no walls and no separation between the two. Not a collection of two groups brought together, but a family of one. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12, Paul says, Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near, for through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father." So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. 
So what this scripture and many others like it mean is that the church is to be one and to act like one. There should be no favoritism or division or separation. And some early believers, the first century Jewish circumcision party, they were saved, but they believed erroneously on this issue. Well, let's read our chapter. Galatians chapter 2, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along also. I went up according to a revelation and presented to them the gospel I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those recognized as leaders. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running in vain. But not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false teachers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus in order to enslave us. But we did not give up and submit to these people for even a moment so that the truth of the gospel would be preserved for you. Now, from those recognized as important, what they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to me. On the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel for the uncircumcised, just as Peter was for the circumcised. Since the one at work in Peter for an apostleship to the circumcised was also at work in me for the Gentiles, when James, Cephas, and John, those recognized as pillars, acknowledged the grace that had been given me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to me and Barnabas, agreeing that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They asked only that we would remember the poor, which I made every effort to do. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned, for he regularly ate with the Gentiles before certain men came from James. However, when they came... He withdrew and separated himself because he feared those from the circumcision party. Then the rest of the Jews joined his hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were deviating from the truth of the gospel, I told Cephas in front of everyone, if you who are a Jew live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you compel Gentiles to live like Jews? We are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, and yet because we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we ourselves have believed in Christ Jesus. This was so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law no human being will be justified. But if we ourselves are also found to be sinners while seeking to be justified by Christ, is Christ then a promoter of sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild those things that I tore down, I show myself to be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. So ultimately, It would seem in church history that the church did come together on this issue. But in this early day, Galatians being one of the earliest New Testament letters, Barnabas and Cephas were wrong here to separate from the Gentiles to appease these members of the circumcision party. Now that said, I should say that in terms of the separation between Paul and Barnabas in Acts 15, which we've talked about before, I'm team Barnabas. I believe Barnabas was probably a little bit more right or slightly more correct than Paul was. But that said, 
I have more of a Barnabas type personality than a Paul type personality, and there's a downside to that kind of personality. Consider this wisdom from Pastor John Piper, and let it remind us all of how much we need each other. He, Pastor Piper says, sons of encouragement, or people with a personality like Barnabas, are vulnerable to minimizing the importance of truth for the sake of relationships. In other words, their very strength, the inclination to stand up for people, this very strength can lead to weakness. I think this is what happened in Galatians 2. Why did Paul not get sucked into the hypocrisy while Barnabas did when Barnabas was the older, more experienced Christian? I suspect it was because Paul did not feel the same emotional empathy with the Jews who came from Jerusalem that Barnabas did. Paul didn't feel the same tug that Barnabas must have felt from the Jerusalem brothers. Paul's orientation to the ministry was so gospel-centered that the emotions and opinions of other people did not have the same importance to him that they did to Barnabas. Listen to how Paul says it in Galatians 1, 8, and 10. Even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we preach to you, let him be accursed. Am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still pleasing men, I would not be a servant of Christ. This kind of disposition, says Piper, did not make Paul the same kind of son of encouragement that Barnabas was, but it did keep the gospel pure for another hundred generations of Gentile believers. And Barnabas, with all his warmth and patience with people, was sucked into an error that compromised the truth of the gospel. Every strength is vulnerable to its corresponding weakness. Completely agree with John Piper here. On the spectrum between truth and love, it would seem that there are some Christians in the church, like Paul, who tend to be truth people, standing valiantly for the truth of God's word and opposing any attempt to distort it or water it down. We need such people desperately in an age of compromise and false teaching, A downside, of course, is that truth people can sometimes lack in kindness, gentleness, tact, and warmth, but hey, we still need them. Similarly, there are people who tend to be love people. They're constantly encouraging, seeking to serve, seeking to help, and they emphasize kindness and gentleness and grace, and they avoid controversy and criticism. Sometimes, in emphasizing love-type things like gentleness and kindness and grace, they can let other things slip in the name of avoiding controversy or wanting to avoid arguments or not wanting to be harsh. In an age of brutality and constant criticism, we desperately need love people too. Paul sums it up best in Ephesians 4.15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. So friends, let's be truth speakers in love and love actors who embrace the truth. We will close today with our verse of the month from Hebrews 7.25, which says, Therefore Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them may your hearts be warmed by may your hearts be warmed by that truth dear friends good day to you and godspeed